20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of a Pack a Day Podcast. I am your host this evening. I am Jacob Westendorf, and joined with me tonight is nobody. Um, unfortunately, Jason Perone, who is normally with me, was unable to tonight. He is going to a concert uh, from some musician I have never heard of. So now take that with a grain of salt because my knowledge of pop culture and things of that nature and my music you know my music focus is very uh very narrow you know everybody whenever you ask anybody what are they you know what kind of music do you like what kind of music do you listen to everybody goes oh you know i listen to most anything i i don't listen to most anything i listen to some 90s country uh when i was a little boy i used to run around with a black cowboy hat and tell everybody that my name was garth after the great garth brooks and my interest in country music kind of waned as it got a lot more commercialized stadium country music, as some people like to call it. Uh, the the country song, quote-unquote, by Bo Burnham, the comedian, is one of my favorites. I think that describes my thoughts on country music very perfectly. But anybody who knows me now, I'm a metalhead. Uh, 1980s all the way till to now. Um, <laughs> I'm a metalhead. So I... Don't know who Jason's going to see tonight, but yeah, like I mentioned, take that with a grain because my 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 focus on music is is very narrow. So it is just me tonight in the slow season of the NFL offseason. Here's the part of you know the the calendar that kind of stinks. If you're a big football fan, is there's just not a whole lot to talk about in the way of news, in the way of thoughts. You know, we we spend so much time in the offseason talking about the draft and how teams are going to improve that way. And then the draft ends, and we still have you know, two and a half, three months until uh, the right, or training camp begins. And you know that would be even longer of a time frame. For, for those that want to move the draft and free agency up on the calendar, this right here is why the NFL doesn't do that, because they don't want to fall. I mean, the NFL is never going to fall completely out of focus, I guess. But they don't want to, you know, fall out of focus for a four-month time period where there's just there's no football to be played, practiced, anything like that over this time frame. So we've got a few things to go through tonight. I'm being as creative as possible as far as creating content, but uh, that's that's where we're at. That's why we're here. That's why it's you know it's one of the challenges of a 24/7, 365 day a year show. I will also tell you if I sound tired <laughs> it's because i am we spent today um those of you that have followed along with me again uh for a while know that i'm expecting a baby girl in september so today was work on her room day and man that was not fun <laughs> those are the things they don't tell you about when they say there's a baby on the way is putting together and i will also tell you i hate painting if I never see a paintbrush again as long as I live, I will be incredibly happy with that development. But that is where we're at for now. Uh, it is May 19th, 
as you are listening to this 2019 game three of the Eastern Conference Finals is tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are taking on the Toronto Raptors with a 2-0 series lead. And I can't believe I mean for the okay, so I'm 27 years old. So I was 10 when the Bucks had uh, their their big team in 2001 that went to the Eastern Conference Finals ultimately lost to Allen Iverson's Philadelphia 76ers. For those of you in Milwaukee that feel bad about that, I'll also tell you it saved you from a beatdown that would have taken place at the hands of the that Los Angeles Lakers team. But that's neither here nor there at this point. It's there's been a lot of time between those days. You know, the Bucks are a team that I've I've kind of followed being a Basically, the way I you know I do things, I'm a Packers fan, obviously, so I follow that team. But you know, I'm not a fan per se of any other Wisconsin team except for the Wisconsin basketball team. But that's it. Um, but I do follow the other, so the Brewers, the Bucks, you know, Wisconsin college football, those sorts of teams. Um, you know, it's a team I've paid attention to, but not. There just hasn't been a lot to show for it. They haven't, you know. There's the Brandon Jennings, Monte Ellis era, and all kinds of different things. I don't. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but it's just amazing to me that the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that, I mean, there were rumors of relocation and whether or not they could get a new stadium and all that kind of stuff, and they're two wins away from the NBA Finals. And I don't know if I would bet on them to beat the Golden State Warriors, but they are definitely able to beat that Warriors team. Uh, And that becomes even more the case if Kevin Durant is not able to play in the NBA Finals. We'll see if any of that stuff happens. Obviously, Durant may not be 100% if he comes back. Um, And obviously, the Bucs still have to take care of some business. But I fully expect them to before the series started. I said Bucs in five. I also like the Warriors to win in five games. So I'm hopeful. And if anybody listening to this show wants to bring me along to an NBA Finals game, please feel free to reach out to me. I will happily accompany you in that scenario. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. The Bucks are you know a couple wins away from the Finals, but this is a show about the Packers, and that is what we are going to get into at this point. I asked for questions, and you guys never, ever disappoint in terms of when I ask for those. So I'm just going to go through those and answer them, and I'm going to start with uh, my favorite fanboy, and that is Vince Costa, who asked uh, for sleepers of Team MVP. So obviously, the you know you go into the year and Team MVP is not an official award, obviously, but you can go through the end of the year and say you know this guy, that guy, were the Team MVP. Who's somebody that maybe we're not talking about as that possibility? Uh, and I think. That you know, obviously, some of those answers: Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, players of that ilk, uh, are going to be at the top of that discussion. So, somebody we're not thinking about that could prove to be one of the most valuable players on this Packers team. And I think you're looking at Kevin King when that is the answer. And the questions about Kevin King, from what we've gathered over the first two seasons, aren't really ability related; they're availability. Related, and that's some of that is well, actually, all of that is unfortunate. You know, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field the last years. But if he is, if he were able to stay on the field and play the way that he did 
when he was healthy last season uh, before getting hurt, Kevin King has potential to be a number one cornerback on a Packers team that hasn't really had one of those since you know the prime days of Sam Shields. It's been quite some time since those days uh, in Green Bay. Jair Alexander certainly has that uh, potential as well, but Kevin King is oozing with potential of the ability to be that tall, that fast, able to cover all areas of the field. I think that if he is able to play and play well, that this defense could transform uh, into a into a top 10 unit because then you're talking about a young secondary grouping of we think Jair Alexander is pretty good and should take a second-year leap. And we think that you know Josh Jackson is somebody that can rebound from his first-year struggles. But Kevin King is in kind of a make-or-break year because of his injuries. And he's a third-year player on a four-year contract. It's no secret that Green Bay is looking for you know, with the salary cap moves and everything that they've had to do, I mean, there's going to be some squeezing that's going on and some decisions that have to be made about who's going to be back and who's not. And King is certainly going to be in that discussion of players that may be on uh, the block as to whether or not they're getting a second contract out of that group. Um, but I, I do think that if you want a sleeper for team MVP, that's somebody that we can definitely uh, talk about. Going through the, the Twitter questions... Uh, Eric, real Eric with K, which is hilarious. I love that you're pointing that out. Says, nobody's talking about the special teams coach. I just want to know more about him and how different it will look over Zook. Who will be the kick and punt returner? So that's kind of two questions in one, so you cheated there, but I'll let that slide. Um, for kick and punt returner right now, I mean, it's a. I know they brought in some other guys, but I think that the answer to that question has to be Trevor Davis at this point. Because when Davis has been healthy, he's been actually a very good returner. It's not something that we talk about a whole lot, but he's been very good at returning kicks. I know that he caught that one punt in the end zone against the Bears, and everybody's got that stuck in their head. And he fumbled a punt against the Titans his first year doing it. And people seem to keep those things in their mind. But the reality is when he's been healthy, he's been a very good punt returner and I mean that's a position where you get further down the depth chart at the receiver position those are the guys who are going to make the roster as guys that are playing on special teams so that's who I'm doing with that as far as the special teams coach listen guys uh the Packers I think made a very specific um investment in the special teams you can see that guys like Ty Summers seventh round pick Kadar Holloman uh sixth round pick some of those guys are going to be able to contribute on special teams right away. And I think you're going to see, I mean, quite frankly, a wet paper bag was going to be a an upgrade to what they had with Ron Zook. Um, so anybody is an upgrade over that. Uh, as far as the coach goes, you know, without seeing him on the field, it's kind of hard to answer that question uh, specifically. So that's something more that we'll have to see. But you can, I mean, you know, we, I had a high school football coach who used to always say, you know, you can scheme it to death. At the end of the day, it's about execution. And that's, I mean, that's the fact is the Packers, you know, last year, every special team's play was a damn disaster. Even if they had like a big kick return, it was like, okay, that's coming back because of holding. That's coming back because of a block in the back. Or they fumble or, you know, they have this huge penalty when they already are way back, you know, backed up as far as field position goes. And they go from first and 10 at the 10 to first and 10 at the 5. 
All kinds of stuff. They just were not a good unit. Anything would be an upgrade over that. Must be Knight of the Erics. He says, Eric Rose is the name of this gentleman. Says, slow season, but of the four major areas, run offense, pass offense, run defense, pass defense. What would you like to see the team improve in for each area? So the example that you gave, Eric, as far as you know, passing offenses, plays with throwaways, that's something I would like to see. Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of things that make him great. But scouts and you know those in the know, if you will, in the NFL have often said he's at his best when the ball is coming out of his hands on time. And I tend to agree with that. Now, that doesn't mean I want to take away him extending plays and turning you know six-yard plays into 65-yard plays because that's part of what makes him so special. At the same time, schoolyard, run around, and wait for somebody to get open. I mean, we've kind of seen that offense the last two years. It doesn't work. Uh, so I would like to see that portion, um, that portion of the game become just more prevalent. You know, be play within the system, if you will. Uh, that doesn't mean that you need to be a you know a system quarterback or whatever those crazy insults that get thrown around. But just play within yourself. Let the offense do what you need it uh, to do, and then when the time comes to you know make a play, make the play. You know, that's that's why you're Aaron Rodgers. That's why you're a two-time MVP. That's why you're one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of this game. Uh, to go real quickly, run offense, I just I want to see Aaron Jones. <laughs> and I think that, you know, we're talking about a potential star there. I get the backs by committee. I understand all that. Uh, I'm interested to see if Dexter Williams can step in and become the second guy. I just – I don't have that high of an opinion of Jamal Williams. I think he's a very, very role-specific kind of player. As far as power halfback, can he get you three yards in a cloud of dust? Yes, that's super. He's just not explosive enough for my liking. Uh, And frankly, I shouldn't say I don't care about his pass-blocking ability because that certainly has a role. But that, that, that became incredibly overrated throughout the course of last season. Pass defense, it's always about explosive plays, guys. Keep those to a minimum. Uh, the other thing I would like to see on that end, though, just the defense as a whole, I'll say this with run D and pass D. The Packers didn't force a lot of turnovers last season. I'd like to see more of those. You know, Get your hands on the ball, get interceptions, sack fumbles, things of that nature. Uh, that's something I want to see more of in 2019. So thank you for that, Eric. Seth Lale says, who starts the first fight at joint practice and why is it Mike Daniels? That's funny. Uh, You did say later that you were being facetious, but uh, Mike Daniels is a crazy person, and in a good way. You need guys like that on your defense, so that's a good thing. Uh, He later goes on to ask, which second-year receiver do I think makes the biggest jump? I am going to go with Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, And I say that because I think that Last year, he was the most consistent. I know MBS kind of had that that little stretch right there in the middle of the season. Neither one of them was particularly consistent. Uh, I should say that neither one of them or was particularly productive. But by the end of the year, I think there's just he's a matchup problem. He's six five. He's a good route runner. He can play in the slot. And there's some things that I see with him that I think Matt Lafleur can make very useful. Now that's not to say he can't do that with Marquez Valdez Scantling. And I'm treating Jamon Moore as pretty much an unknown at this point just because last year was a wash. I mean, he didn't 
didn't do anything. There's various reasons for that, but he he didn't do anything. Now there's been some videos, and obviously he was picked uh, high in the fourth round, so the Packers must think highly of him. But at this point, I have to treat him as an unknown. But I'm going to go with EQ. I think that he's got a very good chance of doing those things uh, that they need him to do. And I, I think that there's your big slot, if you will. They talked about bigger and more explosive in the slot. That could mean some more Devontae Adams. I also think EQ fits that very, very well. Christopher at Chris Rosian says, What is the ceiling for Rashawn or Rashawn Gary? Excuse me, I have to stop doing that. His name is Rashawn, not Rashawn, as I've called him over the last couple of years. Uh, first of all, you're tugging at my heartstrings there by asking me to evaluate a, a Michigan player. Uh, here's the thing Ross Uglum said this. He went through a film breakdown after they drafted Gary and basically. You know, kind of broke down what he does well, what he doesn't do well, those sorts of things. And you throw in that he's 277 pounds, ran a 4.58, and finished with a raw athletic score or a RAS of 9.95. That is insane. <laughs> Just to for a for a man that big to be that much of a freak athlete. And we knew that Gary was a freak athlete going into the combine. I don't know if we knew it was like that though. And Gary was phenomenal at the combine now a little underwhelming in terms of production and such at michigan and i understand that um some of that is his role some of that is he's not as refined as a as a pass rusher yet eventually the point that ross got to and i agree with him is that an athlete like that if he learns how to play football and become a technician as a pass rusher there's basically no ceiling um could be one of the best players in all of football. And that's what you're hoping for. Obviously, there's a downside to that, too. He's kind of a boomer bust pick in that regard. But ultimately, those of you that, again, um, my Twitter feed this week, I did say because of the the negativity surrounding the pick, I have my sons are Baker Mayfield uh, and Joshua Jackson, and I have now decided to adopt Rashawn Gary as well as, as my son. So... I I think he has, from every account possible uh, that would know him well, very high character, um, and he's that athletic. Don Brown basically said, if you have high character and are that athletic, it's very hard for you to fail. Uh, so I don't anticipate him failing. Now, does that mean he's going to be Khalil Mack, Von Miller, somebody like that? No, but, I mean... You know, Khalil Mack and Von Miller, we're talking about two Hall of Famers there. If Rashawn Gary's a very good player, does he justify the 12th pick and become a, a building block for this defense along with, you know, Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander and players that they're hoping are that? Yeah, he does. Um, but the answer to your question, sir, is basically there is no ceiling. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't mean to, like, kind of cop out by saying that, but, yeah, there's, there's just not a ceiling for somebody who's that big and that athletic. Uh, the problem with that is the floor can be very low as well. Uh, and when you're taking somebody 12th overall, that's what you're hoping for. But um, we'll go with that. Nick Schmitz thinks he's funny. For somebody who doesn't use Twitter a lot and almost never tweets, I'm surprised. I actually don't think I've heard him talk a ton either. So, you know, for being a radio guy, he's kind of antisocial, which is pretty funny. But uh, Nick Schmitz and I will be discussing this again on Wednesday night's show, or I believe it will air Wednesday. We'll talk Monday or Tuesday. He says, how long till Jake Kumaro is the number two wide receiver on the team? Uh, I will say this. If Jake Kumaro is the Packers' number two receiver next year, something went very, very wrong. Uh, I've said this about some of the 
folk hero, you know, Robert Tanyan, Tim Boyle, uh, and I think Kumaro is another one, is those guys are far more likely to be released after training camp than they are to make a significant impact. Um, if I had to rank of those three guys that I just mentioned most likely to make the team, I'd say Tanyan first, Kumaro second, Boyle third. Uh, and they may all three make the team. You know, injuries and stuff tend to solve some of these problems for you. But, yeah, Nick, you're you're not funny. Bobby's boy, MSPU, which is dangerously close to a Michigan State thing. So I'll forgive that and assume that it's not. But asks, is Mike Daniels overrated or is he just playing out of position? I don't think he's playing out of position, and I don't think he's overrated. Like, okay, so here's my thing with the word overrated. I, I, I've often used the phrase that overrated, the term overrated is in itself overrated because, you know, uh, earlier in the week, Nick and Paul Brettel did the whole, you know, we were going through the superlatives of who's the most overrated, who's the most underrated Packer, all that stuff. And I think that the word overrated is just overused because – like, there's so many different definitions of it. So, like, somebody says, oh, Jimmy Graham is overrated. Well, it's like nobody really, in, especially in the Packers fan base, thinks that highly of Jimmy Graham anymore. Nobody in the national media seems to think highly of Jimmy Graham anymore. So we're kind of basing the fact that he's quote-unquote overrated on his salary. And there's a lot of different reasons players make the kind of money, you know, a specific player makes the kind of money that he makes. Jimmy Graham was an unrestricted free agent. There were two teams bidding for his services between the Packers and the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, the number ended up a little bit higher than he wanted to be. But so my definition of overrated is like, so for example, I'm watching a basketball highlight right now because I'm watching the Warriors and the and the Blazers in the background here. So for example, uh, Kobe Bryant. Do I think Kobe Bryant is overrated? No, I only think Kobe Bryant is overrated if you think he's in the discussion for greatest basketball player of all time, and I don't think that he is. Uh, To me, when it comes to basketball players, uh, it starts Luka Doncic, first of all. No, I'm kidding. Um, Michael Jordan is number one. uh, LeBron James is number two. And then you can kind of start your list after that. Uh, Whoever you want to go with from there is fine with me, but those are the top two. And for me, essentially... As long as you're not saying Kobe Bryant is one of the two best players ever or the best player ever, like someone like the Sean McCoy always likes to try and point out, there's just not an argument for it. I don't think. So just for example, that term is overused. Uh, I don't think Mike Daniels is very highly thought of. Like if somebody thinks, if the national media was pointing out, oh, Mike Daniels, he's on the same level as Aaron Donald, then yeah, he's overrated. Uh, but he's not. Nobody's doing that. And I don't think anybody in the Packers fan base is doing that. I don't think that he's being talked about in the same breath as players like that. I think that Packers fans understand you know, where Aaron Donald is in terms of that versus you know, Mike Daniels being in a tier below that. Uh, so I, I don't think Mike Daniels is overrated. As far as playing out of position, I mean, no, I don't think so. He's played the same position that he's had his entire time in Green Bay, and he's been very good at it. Now, this is probably his last year in Green Bay, and that makes me sad, but just the reality. Uh, so we'll kind of kind of go from that. Ryan Herman, can we just talk about Mike Pettin and how awesome he is? Yes, we can. Yes, he looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin, first of all, so I was always going to be sold. Uh, secondly, I think, you know, last year he had to make chicken salad out of chicken, you know, 
Andy, I'm telling you, man, I think I'm doing a pretty good job of trying to avoid getting us that explicit tag. So if you're listening to this, uh, I expect some kudos for behaving myself. Yeah, I just realized how ridiculous that sounds. But <laughs> that's what we're going to go with. Mike Patton's awesome. Um, you know, I think he's a very good coach. I will say this, though. Mike Patton has a lot of pressure on him this year. And I don't mean like, oh, the defense better be championship caliber, like top five in the league. But, I mean, look at it, guys. The Packers gave him two, three pass rushers, if you include drafting. So they signed two veterans. They drafted Rashawn Gary with a top 15 pick. They traded up to get Darnell Savage and signed Adrian Amos. That's a lot of investment in a defense that already had a lot of investment on it. And I talked about it a lot when Dom Capers was the defensive coordinator. I said, you know, at what point does the investment not meet the results on the field? And that was why, you know, eventually I was done. Like Dom Capers, they had a decent year in 2014, and I said I wanted him out because I thought the defense was too talented to finish as an average defense in terms of DVOA, and they did. And they've spent that much money, that much time, that much effort. I mean, and you guys have seen it. The offense, I don't want to use the term suffered, but the offense has you know gone neglected essentially because of that. We talked about how the Packers haven't picked a skill player in the first two rounds uh, since Devontae Adams. And that's a long time ago at this point. It's... Uh, it's a it's just an interesting spot for him to be in I guess is the right way to put that um, you know Patton I'm not suggesting that he could get fired but if the Packers defense is bad this year and they have I mean barring train wreck of injuries obviously if you know if by the end of the year they're playing you know, Tony Brown and Kadar Hallman as their starting corners out of necessity because the other guys are hurt that's a different story but Barring relative health, this defense needs to be good because they've invested a lot into this defense. They've given Mike Pettin everything that he could ask for in terms of his types of players, his types of guys, so on and so forth. So that, that's going to be an interesting uh, proposition. Last question comes from my brother, and that's Adam, at A. Westendorf 85, and said, breakout players and players that are due for a regression. Um, well, one, I can tell you're a baseball fan by asking those questions because we have that kind of discussion all the time. Um, as far as a player looking for regression, and I regression's kind of an ugly word because people think that means that like somebody's getting worse. Something that comes to mind for me immediately is Devontae Adams. And I don't mean like he's going to have a bad year or a down year. I've always been, I am the self-proclaimed, somewhere between myself, Zach Cruz of Packers Wire, and Ross Uglum, we became the presidents or co-president of the Team Devante fan club. And I'm still in that group. I think he's one of the five best receivers in all football. However, he's one of those guys that I think the offense, you know, the offense, in addition to being better when the ball is coming out of Rodgers' hands quickly. It's also better when they're spreading the ball around. You know, if you remember back in the day, it was, you know, James Jones, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, Randall Cobb, so on and so forth. So many guys in that group over time, and they spread the ball around. There wasn't, you know, one week it was maybe Greg Jennings was the guy. Next week, in, you know, in the Super Bowl, it was Jordy Nelson. 
The week before that, it was Jennings. You know, in, in Atlanta, they really did a good job of spreading the ball around during that playoff run. I say all that to say that Devontae Adams is somebody who, you know, he was – if he had played that last game of the season against Detroit, then he would have broken the franchise record for receiving. And that's no small accomplishment considering the guy who happens to hold that record is named Sterling Sharp. And he's incredible. Should be in the Hall of Fame. So I, I think that Adams may have lower numbers this year while still having a very good year. But when you're talking about you know breakout, that's where I kind of get to my point of Equinemia St. Brown is one. Uh, I think that you're talking about Aaron Jones having a, a season where Packers fans, for the most part, and if you've listened to this show, you've heard all about it. We've all talked about Aaron Jones. This is a guy who could rush for 1,000 yards, catch 50 passes, and score 10 touchdowns if things break his way and he's able to stay healthy. He's a possibility for a, a breakout candidate there as well. On the offensive side of the ball, you know, I think you're pretty pretty limited to those guys. I don't think, you know, I don't think Jay Sternberger is going to have this huge year or that you know, Robert Tanya and I mentioned that earlier. You know, MVS and EQ are going to be popular names when we get to that point. I happen to think it'll be EQ over MVS a little bit. Um, but that'll remain to be seen. I think, you know, you could make a case for Geronimo Allison. I'm sure the the wonderful Maggie Loney will do that for you at some point this season. Uh, tell you how great Geronimo Allison is. But she also owns a Richard Rodgers jersey. So, yeah, I'll take that for what you will. <laughs> um, but that's what we're going to go with there. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, I, I, I mentioned a few things. Um, I, I really think that, that you're really focusing on the cornerbacks, uh, or Oren Burks is another possibility. They clearly like him. But, you know, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson are two guys that I think not only – and I'm not saying this like Jair had a bad year last year. Obviously he didn't. Uh, but he's very good, and I think he needs to even take that second-year leap to become even better. Josh Jackson needs to be the player they drafted or they thought that they drafted. You know, get a little less handsy. Show those ball skills that you had. All the things that made me fall in love with him during that draft process, that's something that they're going to need to do as well. Um, thank you guys for sending those questions in. I I think that you know the last question that I have here before I'm going to move on is, who do I think is the most important player uh, to the Packers going into next season? And I know this sounds crazy, because he's a rookie, and obviously I don't want to go with the obvious answer. Like, what? duh, Aaron Rodgers being upright, healthy, and playing well is the key to the Packers season. But I wrote a story for Dairyland Express a couple weeks ago about Darnell Savage, and I think that this is a player who, if he is good at, well, let me say this, at minimum, if he is reliable, assignment sure, early in his career, they can do so many things with this defense. They can keep Adrian. They can rotate him and Adrian Amos, move him around, do those sorts of things. They can put Josh Jones near the line of scrimmage, keep him near the box, and let him just hunt like he was meant to do. They can play Darnell Savage in the slot and do things, different things with their coverage schemes and everything. Again, if he's just a sign mature, if he's good, even better. Added bonus. If he has a learning curve early in his career which is possible i mean a lot of rookies aren't good uh as many like to point out a lot of rookies aren't good early in their career it's a tough transition but if he's not 
able to do those things. Then you're talking about, you know, Josh Jones, Raven Green, uh, you know, other guys that they, they might bring back Ibrahim Campbell between now and then. That's certainly a possibility uh, between now and training camp. So you're talking about just a different level of things that Mike Pettin is able to do. Whereas if, if Savage is ready and able to pair well quickly with Amos, there's so many things they can do to where I think. I think he's the most important linchpin to this Packers defense early uh, for 2019. And I think he's somebody that if he has a really good year, you know, some of those sexy numbers like interceptions, forced fumbles, stuff like that will follow along with it. Um, And if you guys (laughs) believe in uh, Madden franchises as a predictive nature, and I have no idea why you wouldn't, uh, I just ran through one the other night, and Darnell Savage had uh, five interceptions in his rookie season. He returned one for a touchdown. Numbers like that, you're talking defensive rookie of the year type of capabilities. And that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think that, um, you know, like I mentioned, we're talking the most important player, I think, on this defense. And as a rookie, I don't mean that, you know, to put extra pressure on him, just that if he's good, there's so many things that can change based on his ability to play right away and to play well. Um, thank you guys, though, for answering those or sending in those questions. I appreciate it. I enjoy the interaction uh, with my Twitter followers. Or even if you don't follow me, I'm not overly offended by that. It'll be okay. Uh, it's it's your loss. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but I appreciate you guys sending those in. It's a lot of fun. I, uh, I enjoy the time. If I didn't get to your question today, it's because you sent it in after I recorded, so I apologize for that as well. But that's going to do it for this edition on Saturday. Be sure to check out the show uh, on Twitter. It's at Pack a Day Podcast. You can follow me personally. I am at Jacob Westendorf. And even though Jason's not here, I'm going to give him a shout-out. You can follow him. He is at Jason Perone. We will be back next weekend, Memorial Weekend next weekend, uh, and getting closer to that ever-wonderful NFL season. It's, it's getting close to the most wonderful time of the year. Hopefully, for those of you that listen to the show and are Milwaukee Bucks fans, I am with you. I am uh, I am rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks. And like I mentioned earlier, if you want to take me to the NBA Finals with you, please reach out. I will even sign an autograph. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But if you guys do know somebody that wants to take me to the NBA Finals, please feel free to reach out. I will happily uh, pay my way and go. I'll even buy you a beer as a thank you. And I know that stadium beer is going to be expensive for for a finals game. So thank you guys for listening in. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. We're getting to the you know the slow time of year, but you know thankfully that'll once that passes, it's football season again, and we'll be back up and running. Give us a review uh, on on your Google reviews uh, for the podcast. We like those reviews to have five stars, and we like them to have a reason if you have some criticism somebody who's listening that kind of gave us a review recently about well I don't want to I don't want to get too far into that never mind but give us a review of five stars say nice things tell people how handsome I am whatever I mean I'm fine with all that just don't tell my wife that you said that I won't if you won't we'll keep it that way uh, thank you guys for listening as always uh, putting up with me by myself I'm sure you're tired of listening to me by this point and as always go pack go
San Francisco showing a blitz through the A gap, and here they come. Rodgers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Devontae Adams! Left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers! 16-yard touchdown pass. The Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied. Beathard on third, down and three in the shotgun. Football to the 46 at Green Bay. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking, hit as he throws it. Deep down the right sideline, and intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Sam to Rogers looking right. Throws the right side, St. Brown makes the catch. Nice reach. Oh, he reached back to gather it in. Using all 6'5 of his frame. Tumbled out of bounds. Inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Snap to Rodgers. Looking downfield. Throws the left side. He's got it. Out of bounds. Inside the 10-yard line. Oh, my goodness. What a throw and catch. Again, they beat Maven down the left sideline. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee. Arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby delivers the dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. And the Packers win 33-30.